You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. I think that they understand that uh, we have a chance to be a good team. It starts this week for us coming back home. So we're excited to play at home, excited to play in front of the home fans. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast morning after edition. Nebraska defeated Northern Illinois 35-11 to last night to get the first victory of the Matt Rule era in Memorial Stadium. Uh, we were there for it. And uh, it was a great environment. It was a great game. Uh, there's a lot of new developments that I think have come out of that game. Some things that can maybe clear things up for the season as we move forward, uh, both on the offense and on the defensive side. And so, uh, you know, I thought I wanted to touch on that. Uh, I'm your host, Honky. And, you know, that was a really satisfying game to watch uh, from a physical standpoint. Uh, you looked up at the scoreboard and you saw from a yard standpoint, especially what we were doing on the defensive side, there are just a lot of good takeaways. And it's irrelevant of who the opponent was because we've played teams like Northern Illinois, lost to a team like Northern Illinois in the past, but we've played down, so to speak, to the level of an opponent. And what I loved about last night was with a new quarterback and the amount of different people that we were you know, putting in onto the field just didn't matter. I mean, we just went, went and we took care of a team that we're supposed to take care of. And I think there's something that you can really build off of. So uh, I kind of took down, oh, six, seven of my thoughts here and, and want to go through them. And it starts with the black shirts, that defense yesterday. Uh, they've now put this on the tape for three, three games in a row. So they are stacking good quality games against completely different types of opponents. What Minnesota wants to do to you is different than what Colorado wants to do versus what, Obviously, Northern Illinois did, and they're maintaining a consistency of physicality. The tackling is outstanding, and when I look at the stats here, they gave up 149 yards last night, only 26 of them rushing yards, 123 in the passing. The 26 rushing yards, I mean, that's the third straight game now that they've held a team under 60 yards rushing. Uh, I think we were ninth in the country going into last night uh, in rush defense, and that's only going to improve after that. And a lot of those yards, you know, what was it, 149 total yards? A lot of those yards came in the last minute, a couple minutes of the game when Northern Illinois put in, or when we put in our backups on defense, um, which was a great feeling to be in Memorial Stadium and seeing backups starting to get in on the field because we are that far ahead. Uh, it's been a while. And uh, they probably got 50 to no, about 60 of those 149 yards came in the last drive of the game. So that we were at that point, uh, my cousin and I were sitting there uh, in the stands watching it. And we were hoping that maybe Nebraska, if they could make a three and out in that last drive, we could have held them under 100 total yards. But uh, they did get uh, uh, they had a good drive at the very end, Northern Illinois, and got a late touchdown in. But three sacks for 27 yards. They were four of 15 on third down conversions. 
And overall, they had 62 plays for 149 yards. That's 2.4 yards per play. The black shirts came to play again. Uh, we did get one interception. Javen Wright had one. So uh, they tied the the turnovers, uh, the turnover margin. That game was, was one apiece. Defensively, I still think we're going to get more turnovers at some point. It's just going to happen. It has to happen. As physical and as aggressive as this defense is, you think it's just going it's bound to happen at some point. But uh, another really good showing. Uh, number two uh, was Heinrich Harburg, and we write down here, you know, quarterback controversy, or is there even one? Um, to me, what it made me feel after the game was it made me feel really good that I think we have two quarterbacks on this team right now that if they get better and if they can hold on to the ball, I feel comfortable that we can win with either. I, there's certainly no controversy from my perspective. I am more than willing to to let Coach Sirefield and Coach Rule figure out who they want to go with. Um, I have my preference, and what I saw last night was a really clean game played by uh, a kid getting out there for the first time, a Nebraska kid on top of that. Uh, they both have – they bring a lot of the similar skill sets – big QBs. Uh, they can run the football. But Harburg, his poise out there and his ability to, to not make the big mistake. I mean, there's nothing that prevented him from fumbling it three times if he wanted to, but he didn't. And if we would have fumbled three or four times last night, that would have been a completely different game. At the same token, I think Sims is getting better before that injury. He was getting better against Colorado, throwing the football uh, on time, you know, we completed passes against Colorado that he wasn't completing against Minnesota. Passes where receivers ended up getting yards after the catch. Uh, you know what Sims can do in the run game. It's just the turnovers, right? And so right now, what do you do moving forward? Well, Sims has to get healthy, number one. And as long as Harburg is doing what he's doing, I would I would have him start again next week against Louisiana Tech and see where it goes. But I think at some point, just inevitably, the way that we run these guys, uh, Harburg had 14 or he had 21 carries for 98 yards. Uh, it, the amount of times that these, these guys run it, which I love in this offense, I do. Uh, but when you run that much, the inevitability of both of them being needed is there. So I don't look at it as a controversy. I look at it as I feel better now that we have two quarterbacks that can – you know, play in the game and win a game for us as long as they hold on to the ball and don't turn it over. It's as simple as that. Uh, so Harburg went 14 of 24 for 158 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had the one fumble, which was a a good play by the defense. It was a sack, a, a good hit, and uh, and that's one of the things that uh, you know we've got to improve on there. But that I at least that was a forced play. It wasn't like some of the plays the first two games where. We were just giving it away. It was a legit force play by uh, a good defender there, and the defensive line of Northern Illinois was their strength, and they showed it a lot of times last night. So I, I give them credit there. Harburg was 58% there, and he had 21 carries for 98 yards rushing. Now, 21 carries sounds like a lot. It sounds like a, you know, you're getting into Martinez category, but I will say, think of it like the first possession. Uh, we got under center, eye formation, ran option. There was a couple different zone reads that he ran. So it's not 21 called quarterback carries. There were a number of carries in there that were uh, option read type of plays where, you know, he could have handed off, he could have pitched it, and he was reading what the defense was doing. So um, I didn't have an issue with how they were using him necessarily, uh, but we have to have two quarterbacks ready to go if our quarterbacks are going to get that many carries. That's just 
the inevitable way of it. Running backs, the backfield. Wow. Uh, Grant and Irvin. Uh, we had Ramir Johnson early in the game. It sounds like he got a little bit banged up. We'll see where he is moving forward. But Grant and Irvin, that, it became the show of those two guys. And Irvin had 14 carries, 67 yards, 4.8 yards a carry, had a touchdown. Uh, Grant had seven carries, 46 yards for 6.6 yards a carry and a touchdown. And it was good to see Grant get back out there after sitting out the Colorado game. The other thing that I, I thought that we started to see in this game, we really hadn't up to this point, is the receiver or the running backs getting into the receiving game. Uh, Grant had one catch for nine yards, but I believe that was one that, that got a first down. Uh, Irvin had two catches for 20 yards. They're doing some things out of the play action where the quarterback's rolling and rolling alongside with the, the running back. Real easy passes there. Uh, I like the development of that. That's something I think you can build off of. And it was good to see those guys uh, using their hands in the receiving game. And uh, there was even a couple of plays where I saw both of them on the field at the same time. And what that leads me to think, we didn't see it last night. They didn't do this. But imagine that that day where we're in the shotgun or maybe even do it under center. But we're under a shotgun. You've got Grant and you've got Irvin on each side and you have a, a handoff up the, up the middle, the, the first part of a triple option. And you got the other guy going around and, and you could do a pitch. I mean, that's a lot for the defense to have to prepare for. And, you know, on Twitter last night, late last night, we did some uh, some video breakdown. And there's a lot that this defense or this offense is giving the defense to have to see uh, from personnel packages to the motions and everything. Uh, even that uh, the reverse on the second possession where Hill got tackled in the backfield. You go back and you watch that play. The amount of things that the defense, whether you call it window dressing or eye candy or just there's so much cross motion going on that they they're motioning a guy from right to left. They're they're pulling the tight end from left to right. They're handing it off to the wide receiver going from left to right and following that tight end. The quarterback's going back and play actioning to the running back who's curving off to the left and kind of following the receiver that was in motion. There is so much stuff going on that defenses have to be really disciplined against us. And I think we're going to just only keep getting better doing this. So offensively, even though the yards Overall yards uh, weren't going to blow you away last night. Uh, it still is something that I'm seeing development, and this can keep getting better. And I think we're going to have an explosion offense coming up here. I, maybe it's this week against Louisiana Tech. I could see us getting into those four, 500-yard kind of category. And uh, 35 points last night was good, considering that we were slow, a slow start. But when we scored that first touchdown in the first half, that's the first time this season we've scored first half points. So everything's progress, right? It's baby steps, but it's progress. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Uh, next is the wide receivers and the tight ends. And, you know, what I would say about them as much as anything is just we're seeing growth out of it. That first game, they were almost non-existent. Kemp doesn't even get a catch. Yesterday, we see Kemp getting the touchdown right away in the first the first drive. Uh, Washington is becoming a, a steady receiver. But I think what we're seeing out of the tight ends, and specifically Fedoni, my goodness. I mean, Fedoni, that catch, it, it, it's probably the play of the game was the catch that he had on the third down right on the sideline, that tiptoe one, that was a great catch. 
And then it was good to see him get just wide open right across the middle late in the game and, and have a touchdown based off of some play action there too. That's, that's good. It, it looked easy. It wasn't any amazing play he made. It was just a good, easy play across the middle and he's a big target and they hit him. Um, I like how they're using the receivers and the tight ends in the run game. And then even in the pass game, that touchdown pass to uh, Kemp in the first possession, that it's Bullock's downfield blocking. It's it's Fedoni downfield blocking when they ran the option on the first play of the game. Watch Kemp blocking out there. So these guys are doing more than just catching passes. Also, for what it's worth, Kemp on that touchdown pass, where's he lined up? He's in the backfield. Again, just giving more to, to look at. He's lined up next to the quarterback off to the left, and then he comes across. So lining guys up in different positions, forcing the defense to have to cover them with different players based upon alignment. Great work there by Satterfield and Coach Rule. This offense is starting to grow, and I think that's really important. Okay, number four, overall depth. I don't know what to say, man. You watch that, you watch that defense, and by the second drive, I'm already like, who is this? Okay, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Where my cousin and I are sitting there charting numbers, like how many dudes are out there, and they're out there in meaningful snaps early in the game. You know, third down and uh, and goal defense after the sudden turnover after Harbor got sacked and fumbled there, and there we are on third down, and they're running the ball to the left. And it's Micah Bear setting the edge with Riley Van Poppel right next to him, filling and setting the edge as well. Those two guys, and there's no place for the guy to run. Okay, those guys weren't starting. Van Van Poppel certainly wasn't. And that's a freshman, and that's a redshirt freshman. The next possession on a third and three, you have Bear out there. You have Jabari Butler. You have uh, Quan Buckley, and you have Princewell. Along the D line, not a single starter. They're all freshmen and and redshirt freshman guys, guys that are you know just barely into this program, and they are playing those kinds of snaps, third and short kind of snaps, not wasted time. I mean, the amount of players that they're getting in there defensively, uh, it, it was so impressive. And on top of that, you know, twenty three guys made a tackle, seven dudes make a catch. Uh, we had you know five different runners running the ball. They're, just, they're spreading things out, and they're just getting a lot of kids out there on the field. And so when we talk about being a developmental program, this kind of feels like what a developmental program would look like. And it wasn't just waiting until the last five minutes of the game when the, the score is out of hand. It was guys playing meaningful minutes. And so Javen Wright, not listed as a starter, but he's the one that ca- caught the interception there. That's going to pay dividends for us, I think, as the season goes on. And on top of that depth, uh, one player that should be mentioned too along the offensive line was seeing Teddy Prohaska getting out there again uh, for the first time this season. They used him not as a traditional left tackle, right tackle. They kind of used him the way they did against Oklahoma two years ago as a true freshman. They got him out there on the field as a tight end, as a extra unbalanced set offensive lineman and got us into some big sets. And that was something we did quite a bit in the second half there. There were some big sets where, Prohaska's on the field, Liebentritt, number 44, gets out there on the field. You have a tight end or two. I mean, it was – and we just we just ran it at him, and we controlled some clock. And so those are very good signs as well as we move forward. Um, the youth, we kind of hit on this already. You know, I, I was mentioning on the defensive line there, but on the defense, you know, Bayer, Buckley, Prince Will, Van Poppel, 
Leonard, of course, starts the game. Now he got banged up a little bit. Hopefully he'll be back here soon. But the amount of youth that was that was playing over there on the defensive side, Tony White has shown he's not even remotely afraid of putting some young guys out there. And you know that's on top of the you know uh, MJ Shermans and the Chief Borders and new new players that are playing a lot. And then you've got, geez, you got Bullock, you got. Yeah, Henrich was playing towards the end of the game, honestly. You've got Luke Reimer. The, the number of players, it's mind-boggling that, you know, we almost came into the season we're like, well, do we have depth at this position or that position? And right now I'm like, I, they're because they're willing to play anyone and and whoever they're playing is is playing at a, a fairly high level for as early as the, the season is, because of that, it's like we have depth all over the place. We have defensive line depth. We and anyone can play D line or can play linebacker, depending on how they want to do alignment. It's it's been crazy. Against Colorado, there were times we didn't have a guy on the field that was over 260 pounds, and uh, and still we're holding up well against what Colorado was trying to do. I'm not suggesting doing that against you know Michigan, but it's just the fact that we have a lot of different types of groupings and how we can align these guys. It's uh, I think that's a, a good thing for the future moving forward. And last but not least, uh, just the environment it was a hundred years of Memorial stadium and being a night game last night, which was, which was awesome. I hope maybe Michigan can become a, a night game. We Michigan at one point we thought was going to be the big noon game. And then that's kind of been moved all over the place, but uh, Memorial stadium, especially at night's a special place. It's special when you can spend all day in Lincoln tailgating. And that's a fun thing by itself. But at night, you know, we had the, this year's version of thunderstruck and now they're starting to get the, the drones involved over the Northeast side of the stadium, but Memorial stadium is a special place. And it was a special place last night. Uh, you know, a hundred years of Memorial stadium. It's a great thing that they're celebrating and just everything from two, you know, hours and 15 minutes before kickoff that we have a full East stadium of people. And we've got some video of this on the, on our Twitter account, the Redcast Twitter account, the players getting off the bus, the unity walker. I'm not even sure what they call it anymore. Maybe they, Maybe they've changed that, but getting off the bus and walking through all the all the fans, and you see what this does to the players. You see what it does to Coach Rule and, and the staff. That level of support, uh, you know, it, it makes me proud to be a Husker fan. You know, we do that at zero and two. We do it if we were two and zero. It just doesn't matter. We do it because that's what we do. And after spending the last two weeks on the road, having been to Minnesota, and that, which were really good, they were they were they were good fans. And then Colorado, which are Colorado fans. You see completely different ways that different fan bases, uh, you know, treat opponents and everything. And I'm always proud when I come back home and go to a, a Nebraska game and you just see how it's done here in Lincoln. It's it's a different way of doing it. We had a lot of recruits there last night and they got to see, I think, Nebraska put out the red carpet and show it, show how we do things here. And at least we've given them a something very different than what they're going to see when they go to some other places. Whether they choose to come here or not, that's that's up to them. But I think Nebraska put its best foot forward there. And so we made progress. We got to one and two. That's what we needed to do. We need to get that first win. Let's get to two and two this next week. Let's keep making progress every week. I feel, as I said this last week after the Colorado loss, I'm, I'm as confident as ever in the whole race to six of getting to six wins and getting to a bowl game. And, and that's kind of the minimum thing. I'm not putting ceilings on this program at any point. Uh, we know the Big Ten West, and we know the rest of the schedule. There's there's wins to be got, but uh, but that's down the road. Right now, it's these baby steps, week by week, get better and better, 
get back out there, have another pra- great week of practice Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, practice hard, you know, hitting, keep getting better with that. And, uh, you know, there's good things ahead for this program. So I, I'm just ecstatic with where we're at right now, even with the the one and two record, the things that I'm seeing are, are great signs for not just this season, but long-term. I think the vision that Coach Rule has here is strong. I think it's something that's going to work at, at Nebraska. I think it's something that will work in the Big Ten. It begins and ends with physicality, and that's something that I, I think this program's needed for a long time. So until we see each other again here, we'll probably do a show or two this week, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. But Redcasters, thank you so much for your support, and uh, that's another Go Big Redcast. Heard at Sports Network Production.